0: Welcome to Pink Girl Podcast. I'm Alicia Clayton, your host. This is a podcast about women's stories and all things girl power. Hi, in this episode, I interview one of my favorite guys from high school, Jory Sutton. I'm so excited. Usually I interview women, but every once in a while I've come across an awesome guy that I love to spotlight. So enjoy. Welcome to the episode. I just realized I totally pulled a producer moment. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited to have Jory with us today. Jory is a friend from high school. We're so excited to reconnect. He's a producer, a photographer, a filmmaker. I feel like you're a billion other things. Designer, decorator. So yeah, welcome to the show. Great to have you.
1: Thank you, Alicia. It's nice to be here.
0: We were trying to figure out how long it's been since we chatted over 20 years, right?
1: Yeah, because I think we missed each other at the uh, high school, at our high school reunion.
0: We did. That was so sad. Well, and I, when I saw the picture of you with people, I was like, oh, Jory, how did we miss each other? I know.
1: I know. And it was so, I'm kind of bummed out because I was going to go to that park day. Yeah. And then I didn't. And then. What a bummer.
0: Right? But I'm so glad we connected over social media and, and somebody, I can't remember who told me they're like, Jory was asking about you. I was like, Jory asking about me? He remembers me? Of course. (laughs) Well, I, um, we were trying to figure out how we met. I think we were in English class. Were we juniors or seniors?
1: I don't think it was our senior year. It might've been junior year. Okay. And I'm trying to remember what our, um, English teacher, was. who, what her name was.
0: I don't remember oh. either, but I do remember sitting one of us behind the other. I can't remember mm-hmm. who
1: I think you were sat, sat behind me. Okay. I remember passed notes all the time. And yeah. I, was, <laughs> I just loved your handwriting. beautiful. <laughs> I love that. And it's who funny knew? because it's the weirdest thing. Like people that I write to a lot, um, I start to emulate their handwriting. And I remember I would awesome. emulate your handwriting. I like take it on.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that, that you are always into writing. Well, and we figured out that we did this uh, this project together that ended up like foreshadowing both of our lives. Yeah. I can't remember what the assignment was. Do you?
1: I don't remember what the assignment is. And that's the, it's weird because mm-hmm. I remember like doing other assignments, like other little video assignments for um, like government class. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I remember doing it, but I, I think it must've been English. And I, but I don't remember mm. what the like, the context was or what the lens.
0: Yeah, it almost seemed like something about making a change or educating something, Yeah. Um, but we ended up, you were the filmmaker, which is <laughs> awesome because then you ended up doing film and producing. And I was the interviewer, which now I'm a podcast host. And the icing on the cake is we interviewed some people from the special ed department and I ended up being a special ed teacher. Like what? 15? Were we 14 or 15?
1: Yeah, it's uh, like. Love it. Unreal.
0: I cannot believe that that was like, that stands out. And then look, here we are.
1: It's Crazy. pretty incredible. I, lo- I love thinking about those little moments, that, like you said, foreshadowing. It's yeah, pretty, uh,
0: inc- yeah.
1: It's, it's just neat to, um, to think about all of the things that you might be interested in or that you care about or that sort of pique your interest as a younger, as a young person kind of coming of age yeah. and then how that shapes you even into adulthood.
0: For sure. Well, and I'm kind of- because
1: so, so, we're so old now. <laughs>
0: hey, are you turning 40 this year? Cause I am.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: the big so four-o. The four. <laughs> so I thought what I think is interesting too, is like, um, we kind of had inklings of what we loved, but we didn't totally know it. And then it kind of, I'm kind of proud of us that we ended up like using those things we loved in high school and like as careers and creative projects yeah. and stuff.
1: I I think so too, because I think you I think even for maybe our parents' age, they weren't really it's sort of like we live in an age where people can sort of feel confident in those, in what they believe they are. And sort of like I always felt encouraged to pursue, I wasn't my mom wasn't like, you're gonna go get a business degree, but that happened to my mom. Mm-hmm. you know yeah and so I was always able to just sort of pursue what I felt like my true calling was or what my calling was at that time
0: yes because I just remember you were always filming something
1: always <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah like doing little like skits and um the disco duo and disco
1: duo lots of horror movies <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love
1: horrors
0: and lots of like you were really good at design like Didn't you do a makeover on like Jackie and-
1: Yes, there was some makeovers. There was lots of, and that's kind of even like, even going into like photography, just thinking about film. I always really liked making videos, but then photography really sort of was born out of that because I, I was always able to make like Jackie and Jenny, the girls, I would always make the girls look gorgeous in film and (laughs) then and then they wanted they were like I don't see anyone taking our senior photos except for you so then I like
0: their senior photos yeah I forgot that yeah
1: because they they wanted to have like a photo shoot but they really wanted to like feel gorgeous yeah and you know so that was sort of that's actually how I got more into photography is doing their senior photos and cool. then dropping them off at a photo lab called snapshot photo that was on <laughs> is it state street and glenwood cool I don't, I don't <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. but on like state and glenwood i think and it's no longer there but it, like this guy there andy anderson
0: you remember like his name
1: oh he's like my godfather he he is a really an incredible was an incredible influence on me really and he took me in and he was, saw these photos and so when they when they were graduating i was already in college
0: they were a year younger so that's right were,
1: so i had already started at boise state and then i was doing so i was taking their senior photos and then i went to this little photoshop to have them developed because i i needed a little more control. I was, I wanted like beautiful paper and I wanted to like process them right.
0: Yeah. And
1: so he was like, you have an eye. Oh Um, my gosh. I'm really wanting to do more photography and not just develop. Will you come work here?
0: Wait, did you work there?
1: Yeah. So I ended up. No. Yeah. And then he became like my, your mentor, my, my mentor and my like surrogate you know, my adopted father, basically. You're kidding. How long did you work there? Uh, how long was I there?
0: Like years?
1: Yeah, it was, you know, three or four years Oh maybe. my gosh. I mean, it was right. I mean, it was, the industry was changing. Yeah, like yeah. Before our eyes. So that was really when digital cameras started taking okay. off. Okay. And the more that that started happening, we transitioned more, less from developing other people's film into taking, you know, doing photography. But then, you know, that was kind of, he ended up dissolving that business. And then I would still work with him, but mostly just, you know, for weddings and events and things like that. So- What?
0: You overtime. did weddings?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. Cause I do remember, you must've had one of the big cameras, like the big camcorders, bigger. Okay when we filmed our project, right? Because back in the day, I'm I think trash. we had like the little handheld ones that were like black and like had the handle.
1: I don't remember.
0: You remember what equipment you used? Because things have changed so much in 20 years.
1: I mean, I don't know what we would have used for that project, but I certainly, I know I had a, a VHS-C, like a, a yeah. compact VHS camera.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Which wasn't huge. But probably bigger than like a little camera today. I mean, now I have
0: like, like you were saying earlier, like if we could have done the projects we did back then, but now with the technology, like (laughs) we probably would have been famous. We would have been
1: influencers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We would have been influencers
1: and YouTubers. Seriously, (laughs) I mean, I YouTube was barely sort. Have a YouTube channel from like 2008. (laughs) I <laughs> like uploaded things it's all yeah. very embarrassing but like if, yeah. if if that would have been 1999 right. I think we would if all of this happened 10 years earlier yeah. I can't imagine
0: right it's well and I of, do remember lots of wigs and bell-bottom pants
1: yes well very into the 70s
0: <laughs> you brought it back the disco
1: <laughs> I, I loved and That's I still awesome. do I still love like, you
0: had the coolest outfits outfit. I, do like remember. Was,
1: I remember like I specifically remember and I wish that you know I was I mean I guess I don't wish but they were very small but they were like these Japanese um like Levi jeans yeah they came from Japan or they were sold in they Japan were awesome back they were so they were like all kind of ripped up and they were <laughs> bell bottoms and they were just so cool and yes I mean, And you
0: had platinum hair. (laughs) Yeah. Or platinum tips.
1: Yeah, I always had like bleached hair and then I'd grow out.
0: Okay, bleached, yeah.
1: It was pretty bad.
0: This is awesome. But
1: but I remember like a a picture of my dad from like the late 70s in these like awesome bell bottom. Cool. And this like blue Boise State (laughs) t-shirt. And I was like, I just, it's like for a moment, I was like, I'm that cool.
0: I, I like, brought it back.
1: <laughs> I brought it back.
0: That's so cool. And so then after high school, you went to Boise State and what did you study?
1: So in Boise State, I studied mass communication and journalism. Okay. And then a lot of video, like, you know, an emphasis of, in sociology. I loved sociology. And I loved um, video production. And then my f- best friend, you know, Partner in crime and everything, uh, Jackie Covington. She and I uh, you know, continued to do the disco duo, but we also worked at the public access station, which was then, I think it was, it's TV, TV then. I think now, I don't, I think it still exists. You was, worked
0: at the same job and went to college together after high school?
1: That's right. Yeah, because we, we volunteered. It was like a class. Yeah. Because we did a lot of the, you know, we were both like, she would edit and act. Perfect. And, you know, film. And, and then, she was
0: gorgeous. She probably gorgeous. So is yeah. gorgeous.
1: She's gorgeous. <laughs> and then, you know, we both would, you know, we were the stars of the disco duo. And then we would edit, you know, we would be like, we would film and then we would go and edit these episodes <laughs> and other things. We'd be like at school on the, you know, editing machines till like four in the morning, three in the morning. Oh,
0: I love that.
1: Six in the morning. It was just nonstop. And I think about that now. I'm like, I mean, I always get that creative surge at like mm-hmm. midnight. I just have to go to bed.
0: Totally get it. But,
1: but then it's like how, how did I how did I have that much energy? Right. So like, the
0: disco duo was a show like a sitcom you guys did.
1: Yes. Kind of, yeah. It was like a detective, detective. Like, like a, you know, very tongue in cheek, you know, made yeah. fun of like I remember watching, I don't know if you've seen the, the movie Boogie Nights that's about the oh. gentleman in the porn industry.
0: No, <laughs> I have <am> not. <laughs> Remember, not. sheltered Mormon girl here.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a really great film, <laughs> but, it's, it, but it's very it's like there's some parts in it that are just, it's like beautifully, beautifully shot. I should oh. know who the um, director of photography is, but it's escaping my mind at the moment. Um, uh, and this character, Dirk Diggler, they do this, um, he's a porn actor, but they do, <laughs> like they they make this little like bio of him and it's like kind of a behind the scenes of of him. It's like, you know, his biography. So he's yeah. talking to the camera. And that was just, I was just my jaw was on the floor. I was like, I love everything about this. It's 70s, it's <laughs> they're running around like shooting villains and like bad acting, and it's like <laughs> it was all the things that I just love you know, so, you so it, was like, it so that, and like, I mixed in some Power Rangers because I love the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. I still do. I'm still like a huge Power Ranger, Ranger fan. fan. I mean, I don't watch the show, but I will watch the old ones. The old school ones. Yeah. i not keeping up with the Kardashians, but I'm, <laughs> you know, watching the old ones.
0: love it. And then how did you get started in film? Like moving to New York and cause you're in New York now as a producer.
1: Yes. So that all came from photography. So then, in in, at Boise State, work you know taking different film courses, we had like a kind of a guest professor for a couple years, a a woman named Heather Ray, who's a filmmaker um, and producer. Cool. And she really kind of took Jackie and I under her wing, and which is you know amazing. But we also just just I you know fell completely in love with her. She's just amazing, and her husband Russell was you know, incredible. He was a, a writer and, you know, they're just like a creative couple. And it was exactly like, you're everything I wanna be. Right. Like, you're just, you You know, they're just really beautiful people inside and out. And their work was really beautiful. And um, Heather is a native American. And so at the time she was working on a documentary about the native American activist, John Trudell. Ooh, interesting. And she had a really, you know, beautifully, you know, beautiful relationship with him, and kind of followed him throughout his career. Just as, you know, he was a spoken word um, musician, so he's yeah. a musician and activist, and she kind of covered his career, you know, um, throughout her life, and then was making this beautiful film about him that premiered at Sundance. Cool. So our first project with her was really working. Um, With all the like deliverables like Mm -hmm. everything that we had to she had to do to prepare to get to Sundance so we worked with her in her home office and uh, you know then went to Sundance and was you know kind of helped you know put work on the parties oh
0: cool it was fun I love that I love (laughs) that like mentor relationship that developed where it was kind of like you were this budding like producer, filmmaker, and like, she was like, okay, like kind of mentored you through. And so she was able to kind of set you up with some opportunities in New York.
1: Yeah, so, you know, there was a couple um, different films that she worked on. And then I think the first time that I, that I went to New York was I think it was like either in 2004, or 2005. And it was in uh, preparation for this film Frozen River that she was producing. Um, This uh, woman, Courtney Hunt was the uh, director. And so we met with her and we went to, I think like, I actually, I think it was the IFC convention. Yeah. Um, But that was just incredible. Like it was just, I just remember being so excited to go to New York. You know, you have these visions of New York, I think, even though I wasn't like, I wasn't scared. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you have these, and I always felt like I should be like a big city kid. Like, I always loved going to like Portland, Oregon.
0: Oh, cool, loved, cool.
1: Like, just like, you know, Seattle. I just felt so alive and just invigorated, like visiting these places. And yeah. Even like going to like Los Angeles and see our friends or Sacramento. And, you know, it was just very, very fun. But I just remember like, feeling different about New York. And I mean, I guess it's because it's like New York. And so it's it's just such an iconic place. Mm. But the first time coming here for that convention, we stayed at this beautiful loft um, in Greenwich Village. It was like eating at these very posh restaurants. <laughs> that- I remember, I remember, like I saved up like I don't know, like six hundred dollars, thinking like I'm, I've got so much money, and then like it was just like coming, and then like every restaurant, whatever it was that you wanted to eat, like the salad was like thirty five (laughs) dollars. What am I gonna do? So it just like blew through my little savings, like an idiot, just like on food, and like I'm just gonna have the water. (laughs) you know it was like but it was amazing and it was amazing to see that I just also felt like it was a little unattainable because Mm -hmm. you know here I was going to these people's apartments there's like just it was like insane and they were like on the top floor of this building and looking over the city and it was just gorgeous 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 but I fell in love but I just thought okay that was an experience and then we came back to New York but we were really upstate for the most part, to work on the film in like the most freezing place on earth, Plattsburgh, New York, at the time. I think it was like the coldest place in the country <laughs> during the, the time that we were filming. It was like negative 43 degrees oh, or something no. like the second day of our shoot. And, uh, but it was a really cool experience. And I didn't, I like some people like they go away for college. I didn't, I stayed home. But yeah. like after college, I, got to go and work on these films and then you know there was two that I went and I was there for like a month well a couple different three three or four actually in totality that you're there and you are in a hotel or you're staying with you know staying somewhere and you meet all these people that to me was like my traveling college experience where I really just feel like it was just neat and so sorry i'm like getting so ahead of myself what i was there for (laughs) was very different like i was there because of my photography and doing um still photography like set photography
0: okay so behind the scenes kind Kind,
1: of yeah behind the scenes or anything that could potentially be used for like publicity okay because even now like you nowadays that's kind of maybe i mean i hope it isn't but you know, now that people are shooting like 8K, you know, yeah. or 4, you know, even 4K, you really can't pull a still from that. So you oh. do need a, you know, a true photographer to, to be taking okay. photos that are gonna be blown up or used promo- for promotional material. So I did some of that for these films. And then I think that there was a film in Texas that I did with them and then I went back to New York and it was the second time going back to New York that I was saying to you earlier, like I, you know, was staying in Brooklyn. I just completely fell in love with it. Cool. And I saw, you know, little families riding their bikes together and it was quieter. And you know, yeah. there's dollar pizza. And mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, I'm almost 30 years old. I'm like 20, I was 29 or 28. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? Why am I going to go back? Like, I I can always fail, but yeah. I'm not going to know if I could do it if I just don't try. And right. so I just said, I'm not. I'm not going back. Cool. But it was it was not easy. But <laughs> <laughs> the the most thankful thing is that I ended up getting a job um, interviewing at uh, several different places. But I ended up getting and I. Was, Back in Boise, I was working as a as a producer and a production manager at an advertising agency. Oh, okay. So, you know, after doing photography with, you know, Anderson, Andy Anderson, then I went on to work at Gold's Gym for some time. That was like a whole another oh, thing. wow, and then, okay. And then ended up working for their marketing firm, which was okay. MGM at the time. And it's now Davies Moore working with Edward Moore um, and uh, Carolyn Sally there. So that was sort of like my first foray into advertising. Yeah. So then, you know, so in between, you know, I always had like a full-time job and then I would go off and do these other little projects every
0: now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I like, I, I had to say like, uh, can you guys let me take a month off to go to work <laughs> on this film? And then they were like, okay. And then I like in that like month, I was like, ah, can I stay another two weeks? Or I don't <laughs> if I like extended it, like such a jerk. And then basically like wrote my resignation. Yeah. Because Heather, the the woman that I was working for had this apartment and she had rented or subleased this apartment until like, you know, I don't know, I think we were there. It was like over the summer, it was like September, or. August or September. And then she was like, I have this apartment till December. So you're welcome to stay here. Oh, cool. So that was just the invitation of like, okay, okay well, I'll
0: stay.
1: I'm going to sleep on the couch. And, <laughs> and like, you were well, a starving
0: artist. You were I a starving was. artist. <laughs>
1: I really was. I think I, because what ended up happening was that film went dark and mm. lost all of its funding. So I never got paid.
0: Oh gosh! I did it, you know, until
1: years later. Years later, happened. I was being such an idiot, going out buying things. I bought like, <laughs> like I went to Tom Ford. I walked into Tom Ford. Like thinking about it now, it actually gives me like almost h- hives because it's so cringy. Like a total nerd alert. Walked into this like beautiful store on like Fifth Avenue bought way expensive fragrance. <laughs> but I think I was wearing like, probably like, I don't know if I was wearing flip-flops. I might've been wearing flip-flops. <laughs> but I, and I walked all the way, like I was probably like a sweaty, gross mess. Like walked all the way from like Chinatown all the way up it, like the but island. You
0: got your out. fragrance. <laughs> but I
1: did and I was like, oh, I love this stuff. I'm gonna just go in and then like, you know i walk out The people were looking at me like what is this drowned rat that just walked into this beautiful <laughs> store i mean whatever but i was...
0: love that
1: so, so you ended funny. up
0: being a producer yes
1: yeah, so then
0: and did you have you kind of like niched down to producing like the beauty kind of from the beauty marketing side okay yes
1: yeah so yeah so then i yeah looked i w- interviewed with McCann and they were looking for assistant producers and so I got I got in at McCann and that was really exciting um, because you I really, like
0: celebrities right like you've kind of brushed like shoulders a bit with some
1: yes yeah, some like yeah. very cool people and yeah. like models that are really fun you know oh. it's, it's always exciting
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and you just I just saw your latest commercial from L'Oreal.
1: There's so there's I think, Ulta Beauty is that the one? Oh, is it Ulta the, with the okay. muse? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah,
1: so that's I I was on L'Oreal for I mean I'm still on L'Oreal, but um, the last year and a half I've been
0: on Ulta. Kind of
1: venturing off onto some other brands, and so oh. Ulta this last year, especially during the um, pandemic, has been keeping me very busy, and I love my Ulta beauty family. Oh,
0: cool. That's awesome. So the commercial that I saw that you posted, you're the producer of that commercial. Yes. Okay. So what does that mean to be the producer? Like what are you doing in the background?
1: So I will work with the creative team, like the art director and the writer, creative director and the writer. Um, They have, you know, sold a concept through to the client and then they'll, then I come in and you know, you know, I, it's my job to kind of understand what the concept is and who, you know, sometimes the creative team will have an idea of who they wanna work with as far as like the, uh, the director is concerned, mm. but I should, my job is to also know who's the right person for this. And sometimes we can all dream that we want you know, the big fancy director,
0: right. but if
1: you only have a, a limited budget who's the, who's someone that can give you that look and feel, but meet the budget. And so that's like kind of the producer's job is it's a little bit creative and a little bit like being, I don't want to say finance, but you have to kind of be the numbers person and be very project manager and organize, but because you're putting all the pieces together and the budget together and managing that for the agency. And then so then you you know you put forward directors that you think you you think are right for this, and you reach out to other contacts that you have within the industry that are the you know directors reps, yeah, very very important people, and you know they'll give you ideas. And so it's really just like how do you, it's like it's like a little bit of a baby marriage. It's like who's the <laughs> right person to bring this idea to life. So yeah. for instance, like with this this beautiful Ulta beauty campaign called the Muse, which celebrates. Black women and their um, influence in culture and in the beauty industry.
0: Love that.
1: And, you know, that celebrates them and, and recognizes them for things that often go unrecognized or have gone unrecognized in the past. And I was, you know, this the creative director that I was working with, Gabrielle uh, Sheridan, she and I worked very closely trying to figure out who's the best person for this. And we had, it's funny, like it's, I think these little things, and we were kind of talking about this earlier before we started the podcast, how like sometimes something that you start with, that's like, it can be it can be something little and then it grows into something bigger and it just sort of spins into something else. So we have been talking to this really um, incredible photographer director, um, Joshua Kissy for another project. Um, yeah. For Ulta. And then that project didn't really happen, but we were, you know, thinking about this project and thinking, you know, what about Joshua? Like, he's just done this beautiful piece for the New York Times about the Black communities in Sag Harbor in Long mm, Island.
0: Awesome. And it
1: was just stunning. And I, and I was like, this is the, we, we need him. We need him to do this. And yeah, so yeah. It, that ended up working. And then it was like marrying him with a really solid production company, good company that I that love working with, that they're just like incredible people. So it, it sort of, it's, it's like that marriage of like the right energy, the right people. I'm, I'm very much about energy. Like I yeah. love like positive energy, people that just make things happen and that oh, love, love, that. W- love their craft and love what they do. Yeah. And I think that that just makes any kind of project so much more special is when your heart is in it. Yeah. And that. That was a really fun one. Really fun. Oh, that's Not awesome. Easy. Not easy to produce anything during COVID. No. And you can't really be with people. Like We happened to be on set for that, but that was the first production and only one so far this this last year that I've been on.
0: That you were in the person.
1: Yeah, and it, it was sort of, you know, being on set is usually the fun part because you get to meet everybody. And I just, yeah. I love meeting all of the people. I love meeting the director and you know, your first AD and the cinematographer and oh. the glam team, the hair, makeup, and wardrobe and the production designers, like everybody that puts this together, it's like you I just fangirl over them. <laughs> it's, it's, you, it's so neat to see them all oh. create this and just to be sitting behind the scenes and watching it and to be feel like. You know, it's at that at some point, it's like you kind of have you've sort of done what you do, and then it's like you get to watch all these
0: you watch it all yeah. people
1: do what they do, and it's really fascinating. And that's been the hard part of being, you know, in all you know, in kind of a lockdown situation yeah. is that we're now doing this all through Zoom, which is incredible that all of it can be done.
0: That's amazing.
1: But it's not it's not easy. Not the same.
0: Yeah.
1: It isn't the same. Yeah. Cause you, you, I think there's so much about just connection, being able to connect with people.
0: Ooh, I love that. I have a passion <laughs> for connection too. That is my favorite. Like you said, the energy and the learning from each other and feeling each other's vibe. I think that's, that's, what's been hard about seclusion yeah. COVID, is like, but I've loved the technology that we've been able to use
1: to help I know, us and just, through this. But can you also just wait to like burn it? I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. It's it's I keep I always think about this too because I think through this I think and I I don't know if it's ever going to go away. But yeah. you know certainly before covid influencers and social media it just meant it was like it taking on a life of its own and it mm-hmm. was like I think this has exposed sort of the dark side of all of that and the sort of un, the huge untruth Behind all of that, that yeah. everybody's just trying, you know, there's documentaries I giggled about that documentary about the fake influencers that are just like going to LA and sitting in like a fake, you know, private jet and they're taking their little selfies. It's such an illusion. And I think that that's hopefully now with, with those of us who have really kind of had to step back from being around people, like in New York City, they're taking it, it's very serious. Like people wear masks on the street and social distance. It's not like I haven't completely not seen my friends and family, but it's been very, you know, uh, it's few and far between. And I'm part, you know, it's so much of like me is making dinner on a Sunday and having my friends and, you know, friends. And decorating
0: and for it. and, and, and yeah and
1: Yes. And, and having dinner parties and, you know, getting, getting everything prepared. I love that. And I love the energy of bringing people together over a meal, the that. mensality where you really kind of, again, it's energy. So people, when they're eating and they're sharing a meal, they really are opening up and you're coming up with ideas and you're just the, the laughter that you have over a dinner table together. And that family dynamic I miss that so much
0: yeah I bet I bet you know you
1: it's like Alex and I now just you know we're you know we'll have I think early on we were <laughs> started <laughs> having our little dinners at the table and lighting the candles it's like and we do sometimes yeah like we do but it's like now. It's like uh, we sit on the couch and we're watching something.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like it's not the same, you know.
0: And I love too that Alex wasn't like you. You met him, and he was in fashion. Yes, right when you met.
1: Yeah. Yes,
0: it was like so, two like kindred spirits, right? It's,
1: it's so strange because we actually met through another person, and we kind of met and at a dinner party. Oh, cool. And he was dating someone else. Okay. And it was just a conversation. You know, we we're just that having a lovely hilarious. conversation. But I remember thinking, why is, you know, why is so-and-so going out with <laughs> Alex? Because they have nothing in common. You're like you, you need to be with me. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this sounds like somebody that I should be in a relationship with me. And I did think that.
0: You did think that? Yes. Does yes. Alex know that?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. And then it wasn't until a year later, we happened to bump into each other when I was out. Oh, I miss like going and having a life. Right? There was, like this really great um, bar in Alphabet City called Bedlam.
0: Oh, cool.
1: It sounds, it sounds worse than it really is, but it's just <laughs> kind of like, have you ever been to the Neuralux in Boise? No. The Neuralux to me is it's like a bar that just like Anybody and everybody—it's like you can just have all kinds. Like of Like a
0: wide people. range, yeah. It's,
1: it's just like you can get anyone in that place. Okay, it's okay. Just fun. fun when when the vibe is right, you know. Like right, it can be so fun. So that was sort of like that again, energy of just like there's all sorts of people here.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I love,
1: I love that. So it's so we you, ended up. You met up
0: again there.
1: And we we ran into each you other ran there. We ran
0: into each other in New York on the sidewalk be as sh- I
1: was leaving. Cause my friend, a friend of mine was leaving. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to go. But then I realized, I think I had my credit card at the bar still.
0: Oh no. So you went back in? So I
1: had to go back in. But oh, then I, I was like, well, I'm, I forgot I had to close out. And he was like, well, do you want to get another drink? I'm like, sure. And then, <laughs> Love then it. we like, then, but then I like, I left like very late that night. I think we like danced all together. It was very fun.
0: fun.
1: And then, and then it was like another, We might have like exchanged phone numbers, but then it was really like another, not a year, but it was some time. Like oh, that would have been like May, and then in like December we had connected again.
0: Okay, that's great. And we made
1: plans for like the new year.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm we so had- glad yeah. we, I'm so glad we talked about we've talked about Alex a bit because we were talking about this before we filmed, but um and you're so nice to be open but we were talking about the fact that like for a lot of years you didn't realize you were gay
1: yeah no i mean it's it's it almost sounds i sometimes it's like it just sounds so stupid even to me because no
0: but i mean it was 98 99 (laughs) yeah
1: and it's like like there was different looking back all obviously there was signs there like it's like red flag you know Saturday at life skit. (laughs) But it's like, I think I was, and I was saying this to you, it's like, it's almost like taken me even 10 more years to like fully understand that point in my life or that time in my life, because I, I was listening to something, I don't remember if it was like a podcast or something. It was like this other guy who came out later in life. And he was saying that like in his, I think he was in like in high school. So many kids in high school at that time, they would just get so focused in on something else to mm-hmm. just avoid even having to go so deep into themselves to just right. figure out. Right. You know, I remember like idolizing people in high school okay. and thinking, I wish I looked like that.
0: Oh, interesting. But I you were so involved thinking. in film. So, was that kind of your?
1: So, I just think I, yeah, it just, yeah. All I cared about was making movies. And I, it's really true. I mean, my relationship with Jackie started because we were making videos together. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's,
0: well, and you dated a
1: huge too. part of, yeah. our, of our relationship was yeah. just being a creative force together. Right. And that, you know, matured and, but it sure. just, you know, I was saying to you earlier, it's like a relationship is, you know, it's like a, it's a, a whole relationship right. has many aspects, your best friends, your partners, but there's also just the the sexual yeah. uh, side to a relationship, that, that sensual in- side, yeah. that intimacy, yes, that, um, you know, I didn't discover about myself and held that back for many, many years. And then it was it was funny because, you know, as I got into my mid twenties and, you know, met other people that, you know, maybe were closeted and sure. then, I, you know, I, like piqued my interest a little bit. And it wasn't, it just took, it took 10 years of just, not 10 years, it took a considerable amount of time to just sort of like figure it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, we were talking about this too. Part of me was like, I'm like heartbroken that you had to go through that. (laughs) But the other part of me is like, it was like, it was such, it was different 20 years ago. Like people didn't talk about being gay or bisexual or um, uh, maybe it was because we were in Idaho. Yeah. We were a little sheltered, but like.
1: (laughs) I think that has a lot to do with it. okay, okay. It's weird. It's like I never really had any like pre like bad notions about. I never felt like being gay was bad.
0: No. I didn't
1: feel that even about myself. I think it was, and certainly people said that about me. Like I was teased a little. You know.
0: You were?
1: Quite a bit. Oh yeah, especially in junior uh, in junior high. Oh no. Um, you know, there are some punks out there.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. But it's
1: it's. But I also just, I never, I was like, they're just being mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't even understand why they thought that about me.
0: Right. You know, that's
1: right. like. And then it's like, I look back at like videos and things and it's like, oh no, Jory, like,
0: <laughs> well, I'm no. laughing because like, it didn't surprise <laughs> me when I found out you were gay. I was like, oh yeah, like, psh, no, like not even, you know, but it was just, but I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about those things. We didn't talk about abortion. We didn't talk about yeah. suicide. We didn't talk about black lives matter. I mean, it was just, it, those kind of things were just, you, you just, we just didn't, talk, we about just we didn't, didn't have, talk about it. Yeah. And we didn't have social media and we didn't have, you know, the things that have happened in our lifetime is pretty crazy. I feel like it, so much has happened even in 20 yeah. years, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of it's been good in that sense of being more open and communicating through like social media and being more like not so narrow-minded and which I love, you know?
1: Yeah, because I think too, it's like, I think about it. And I was saying to you earlier before we started that I was like, you know, I very, very shy. I mean, most, and you were saying you didn't know that. Which blows
0: my mind, blows my mind.
1: So shy and like almost to the point where, I mean, I don't want to say like panic attack, but like kind of like I was very, had a lot of social anxiety.
0: Really? Like even when we were juniors and seniors?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I would never have thought.
1: And it's funny, even thinking like that you wouldn't have ever picked that up. Mm. I think I was always like a, you know, I think I was always kind of funny and.
0: Oh, you were hilarious.
1: Very nerdy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, but it's, 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 I think so much of my anxiety looking back, and I still am not, it's still something I push myself to overcome. Yeah. But I think a lot of that was not recognizing that I was gay. Sure. And, and not feeling hundred percent myself or comfortable with myself right so when I finally when I finally recognized who I am yeah is when I felt like a whole person and it was it was very impactful. was it it
0: like healing in a sense
1: yeah like very much because I thought oh this would be terrifying it was never terrifying I mean I was always worried about like but if someone says anything, but I was never even like, like, even with my family, I feel like I kind of had like a coming out, but it was sort of just very like, it wasn't like a big splash. It was just like, uh, so, uh, I like a guy. And they were like, okay. (laughs) All right. And then that was sort of it. And then I don't even think, I mean, I remember having to talk to my grandmother about it. That was a little tough.
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: But she was more like, totally mad that I didn't just talk to her about it
0: oh <laughs> but, really
1: yeah oh she she was such a brat about it but like she
0: <laughs> but she was me. totally open
1: like she was I don't think she like totally got it sure you sure. know I mean she was like born in 1919 she yeah. lived Everybody to a hundred you yeah, know she was just like it was oh my god kind of foreign and then but I think I think it was <clears throat> it was certainly something that, you know, she, I feel like she accepted me. That's that, great. It that was nice. I don't think I really ever talked to my grand, grandfather about it, but it's like, hey, it's like, right. It's like, again, it was like, it was all here for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, you know, I never <laughs> like, didn't bring a boyfriend around to my family. Like,
0: yeah, that's, yeah. That's,
1: that's, but I never just, you know, I think it was just implied.
0: Yeah. 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 A, yeah. yeah. Well, and do you feel like New York was a good place for you to kind of find yourself in that sense? Because it, it, it is more open and like compared to Idaho.
1: <laughs> or what, yeah. what are your
0: thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it, it's in a way it was like not necessarily being able to, to, I mean, I think that just always, I really always felt like a big city kid, mm. like a big city person yeah Uh I I just loved the energy of just being around like a just a just all sorts of people just diversity yeah people, diversity yeah. but just like all like you just here it's like you know it, it's there's just you just come across so many different types of like even just careers for instance cool. like, There's just, you can be somewhere and you're talking to somebody and it's like oh I you know i I'm trying to think of something s- strange that's like, but you know, it's like, oh, I'm a bioengineer, or like, I do yeah. this, or I'm an actor, yeah. I'm in a model, and it's like, you just like, it's, you know, or I'm a director of photography, or cool. I run a modeling agency. So it's like, it's fun to just see. So, I mean, or you know, I'm a jazz bassist, like the building cool. that I live, Alex and I are in now, it's like, you know, there have been some really incredible people. We had the former mayor, um, David Dinkins, lived in our building. And cool. it's like it's, like, it's just so, so neat. And the jazz bassist, Ron Carter. And the other day uh, I met this guy who is like a professional like pool shark. I, I guess that's what you call it, but he's like a professional like pool player.
0: Oh man,
1: um, it's just, that's it's, so like, cool.
0: Just, and you're
1: just, and you're forced like, it's, it's weird because you're all just sort of forced together.
0: Yeah.
1: And it works.
0: Yeah. You know, I like you're,
1: well, everyone's different and you're all, t- you know, you're crowding into the subway or you're in small restaurants or you're in mm-hmm. these tiny spaces and it works. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful just representation of like, it can work everywhere. Like it really can't. that there's not problem. Sure. But it, it just, it works like we can all really get along.
0: We can, yeah. And we're not so polarized as we, the media makes us look, you know? No, yeah, no. I mean, I
1: think that there are people that want that, want that division and want that media. polarity, but sure. I just think it's, can I say something kind of political?
0: Would you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's this meme that I've seen And it just cracks me up and it's like and i'm very progressive but love it i I also like to understand all sides of of a a situation um but there's like a meme and i think it's like it's like a subway in new york i think it's like the seven train and it's like there's like an asian person and like a drag someone in like drag or maybe okay. a transvestite. <laughs> oh. I'm sure you've probably seen this and it's like what liberals want America to be and it's like actually what is so wrong with that yeah it's, it's so neat like
0: yeah that
1: all these people are just living their true authentic their lives true and they're just sitting there on a train together like, like no, I no. just I was like blown away I'm like what is Why wrong is this bad Right. It's actually really beautiful. It is and beautiful. That's, that is what I love about New York is it's like, you can meet the most interesting people. And, and we were talking about this earlier too. It's like, you will never stop learning in life. And if you shut yourself off from other people and other experiences, what are you living for? Yeah. What, you're, you're missing out. Something to learn from someone else, even if you don't agree with that person. But you can learn something. And then really, if you start talking to that person, more often than not, you will find some common ground. Yes,
0: we have more in common.
1: Yeah. You know, we we really are. And, And if you do believe in God and you are a Christian, and really, we are all connected. So all this animosity or this yeah you know pushing people away it's just pushing yourself away exactly. like I just I think it really is
0: love that well and I think I uh, sometimes people will comment because I am pretty a strong feminist in my community yeah. like a Mormon feminist and sometimes that's kind of like a swear word here it's weird but is a typical Utah thing but like and I'm always ex- trying to explain like no, a feminist is not someone who like hates men. It's not someone who wants like it's it's like equality, is it's being open. It's yeah. trying to see things from different sides and you know, and just tr- I, I we have more in common than we think. Yeah. Exactly. Which I love. Love that.
1: And I love I love the path that you're on too, because I just think it's so um it's a really refreshing thing because you're really highlighting you, you are standing up for equality, and
0: you're, oh, you're so nice. Say it's, that.
1: It's, but it's neat, and it, and you have a perspective that not everyone else has. And so you're sure. sharing yourself, and you're saying, "This is what I believe, and this is who I am." And maybe it's not the the way all Mormon women think, but you're right. opening up a conversation for people to stop and think. You know, really, what's so wrong with this? And and I think that's really an incredible well,
0: thing. You're so nice, Jory, to say that. It, 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 it's a crazy journey sometimes <laughs>
1: it is. where you're
0: like, who am I? What am I doing? But it goes back to kind of those, when we first met, it's like those inklings of what we liked doing. We liked that creative side. We both liked interviewing. We ended up like having this monumental little experience that, and, you know, we've been able to refer back to, which I think is beautiful. And yeah. who knew we'd be here 20 plus years i know later. how just, a cool yeah. journey
1: yeah it is it is i for both of us i think it's, for sure. it's so don't you feel in a way like it's it's i mean obviously we're still learning we're still growing we're not that old but it's you know we do f- feel like different people for but sure. yet i still don't feel like old it's kind of scary sometimes because i'm like like how
0: are know. we turning 40 what
1: shouldn't I be an adult and maybe because you're a, a mom now you <laughs> feel differently I don't have kids. no
0: I don't feel any differently I, as a mom I'm still like
1: it's scary what? and then I talk to my parents or like Alex's parents and they're like yelling at us about stuff and it's like no we're big kids we're, now no. we can do what we want <laughs> not, what were you doing when you were 40 right like are you crazy right
0: was your oh. mommy yelling
1: at you and probably their mother was so say, true
0: so many times I'm like guys I love you I'm almost 40 let me <laughs> let me just go
1: and then you're having to babysit them like
0: yeah you know. yeah well even as a mom I'm like sometimes my kids will be like mom what do we do or we're, we're throwing up or we we can't, we don't want to go to school and I'm like I don't know why do I have to be the adult here? I have no idea. With all my training in special ed, like can't even help my kid. <laughs> oh man. Well, Jory, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, Thank so, you. I feel like great. I could
1: talk to you for like 18 years. Same. I'm Maybe so glad we reconnected. For,
0: time. <laughs> for sure. It's so great to like hear about your journey and reconnect. And I think it's good for my listeners to hear like, just the power of creativity and reconnection and yes. diversity and all the things
1: i know it's it's fun i i think i think being a creative soul has it's not always easy but okay. it's certainly i feel like i wouldn't want to be any other way i guess yeah for sure and then,
0: and it's and and
1: you know it's hard to always define yourself but i think that's the beauty in it is we're always growing and evolving and you know, the one thing leads to another.
0: Yeah. That's sort of like
1: how life can be.
0: For sure.
1: That's the beauty of it. It's just that constant, almost snowball that can get bigger as it travels. Yes.
0: I love that. The snowball. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, Jory.
1: Well, thank you. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining me on Pink Girl Podcast. Tune in next time!